Welcome to the Financial Coaches Podcast, where we talk about how to build your practice from startup to scale up while being the kind of coach your clients crave. Finally, a podcast for financial coaches. Here are your hosts, Maria Casillas and Cody Sizemore. Hello, and welcome back to the Financial Coaches Podcast. Um, We just want to say thank you so much for everybody and your support. Uh, This show, we've been doing it for, I don't know, like six to nine months, somewhere in there, and uh, it's been just a huge blessing to us uh, as hosts um, and also the community that we've kind of grown from it too. Uh, It has just been an amazing thing uh, for our own growth and also to see other coaches get value from this too. So we just want to say thank you for that. Um, and you can be a part of that community uh, by hopping into our Facebook group, which is New Money Habits Financial Coaches. Um, you know, a lot of good discussion happens in there uh, and a lot of support as well. Um, and we also would really love it if you wouldn't mind either leaving a review or a rating on our show too, because obviously that, that lets us know how we're doing. It gives us some feedback and it also helps push it to larger audiences too. Um, so that they can get some help and, and support through this show as well. So we just want to say thank you and invite you into those two things. And uh, with that being said, I am, I am, hold on. <laughs> okay. With that being said, I do have my wonderful co-host Maria with me today. Maria, how you doing? I'm doing fantastic. Thank you. Thanks for such a great introduction. I just, I want to ditto all of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's important, you know, like this, this has been a huge life change for me. I mean, I don't know how, how it's been for you, but I, I get a lot of value from this just from our conversations together. Yes. Um, I feel like we learn from each other quite a bit. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that's kind of like the secret sauce of this show is that like, we, even though we're the host of the show, we don't know everything and we don't have the answers to everything. Um, and we each have our own strengths. So we can definitely like learn from each other as well as just, you know, having the, our audience learn from us too. So it helps everybody. I and, I, and I love that. I think that's like one of the best things about this show. So, well, awesome. Maria, so we were chatting a little bit before we started recording about what we wanted to talk about today. And you brought up something that I have never heard of before. Um, you mentioned something about like letters, like, I don't know if it was <laughs> the ABC, like you try to start singing a song. Yes, like, that's what we're going to talk about today, the ABCs. <laughs> okay, yeah. cool. So why don't you start unpacking that? Yeah, so what Cody's referencing there is just the ABCDE method, technically, of what we do as coaches when it comes to, in a nutshell, we're unpacking cognitive behavioral therapy. Um, So we don't necessarily therapize with our clients, uh, but there is this approach that I, I came to know and absolutely love, and it really just fits in very, very well with everything that we do as financial coaches, and that's called cognitive behavioral approach. The easiest way for me to, uh, to break that down for you is that, and I'll just, I'll give you names for these ABCs first, and then we'll just talk about the process of how they come about and then what our job is as a coach. Now, here's the thing, Cody, before we even get started on that, I want to let you know that most of our listeners, and for sure you, I know for sure, um, but probably most of our listeners are doing some of this intuitively already. 
So what you're learning today is not going to be necessarily something that's new, but I want you to be able to put a definition to some of this and an understanding to that process so that you can be more intentional with these tools that you're already instinctually using. So um, in terms of A, we're going to say that that is an, an adverse or an activating event. And that event then leads to B, which is our belief about something. Now, as you guys are hearing this, know that I am specifically talking about money, but in general, this happens with any sort of behavior, just so you know. Um, so we have a belief about money, and then that leads to C, which is a consequence. Now, that consequence can be either behavioral or it can be emotional. So, uh, you know, something could happen to us or we could feel a certain way about something. And a lot of people think that there is this um, activating event that makes us feel a certain way. And we forget that there's that B in the middle, that belief. So our job as as coaches is to know that usually the thing that our clients notice first is that C, that consequence, whether it's an emotional one or a behavioral one. And a lot of times we refer to that as like their pain point, right? Like what is the biggest pain point that they have? What keeps them awake at night? What are some of those consequential circumstances that keep them going, that keep them coming back to you? That's what they notice. And then they have to know that what we need to figure out is determine the A. So we say, okay, this belief, I'm sorry, this, uh, this emotion or this consequence that happened, what was it that preceded that? And that's the activating event. What, what was happening right before we started feeling this way or right before this particular consequence took place? So we help them discover that, or they might be able to discover that on their own. Either way is fine. Then our real job is to help them identify what that belief was in between A and C, and then go for D, which is basically helping them to dispute that belief so that later we can create an effective new belief. Now, I know we're pushing the limits with that E, ineffective there, <laughs> but since we're like so close with A, B, C, D, E, we might as well throw it. So, um, but really it's that A, B, C, D part that we really want to focus in on. So again, activating event, belief, Consequence, dispute the belief. Okay. Okay. So that all makes sense to me. Um, but I think that it would be better for me, at least, to basically just have you like walk me through what an example of this might look like. You know, like okay. if it, so I don't know if you've worked with clients with this kind of like framework before. I'm sure you, I'm sure you have since mm -hmm. you're talking about this, but like, could you walk me through? even like maybe a case study of like someone that you possibly helped go through this whole alphabet. I sure can. Let me think about that. You threw me on the spot. <laughs> Let me think that's of a good I'm one. Here. No, no, it is. It's why you're here and, and you're, you're here to challenge me. So that's good. Um, okay. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to have you, I'm going to actually have you help me with this. So Give me some sort of um, pain point that something would have happened for someone uh, that they came to you and said, I can't believe this happened. This, this is the consequence. They're not going to use the word consequence. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's say that my pain point is that I have a hard time with uh, impulse buying. And the consequence of that is that I have racked up a lot of credit card debt. 
Okay, so what we're going to do is we're going to say that the pain point is the credit card debt, right? You, that there's something like you just, you're feeling really stressed about every time that bill comes through. And, and so you've got this credit card debt that's racking up. Now you already did our job by going all the way to A and noting what the activating event was. And that was the impulse buying. <laughs> so, mm -hmm. for, so for just a second though, what if the impulse buying, I'm just going to, really peel back a layer here. What if we shift the impulse buying to being the C? So, mm. so the impulse buying, it, while you believe that that's the actual consequence of something, I mean, the actual um, activating event, I'm actually going to say, what if we call that the consequence? Let's okay. start there. Okay. So you come to me and we talk about how you just can't get over, you can't stop yourself from impulse buying. I would say, Cody, take me back to the most recent time that you went and impulse bought. What happened right before that? You can make it up, Cody. I don't. <laughs> I know you're just playing uh, man. with me. I was feeling uh, really stressed and overwhelmed uh, with, you know, the kids at home and the the pressures from work, uh, and I just felt like I just needed to treat myself to just pick myself up a little bit. Okay. So life had gotten out of control. Mm -hmm. And the next thing you know, you're impulse buying. Yeah. Is it big stuff or little stuff? Not that it matters. I'm just curious. Well, uh, I am a music nerd. Mm -hmm. um, so typically my impulse buys are like, Anywhere between one hundred and fifty to five hundred dollars for okay. new gear. Okay, so it's music, music gear, which brings you joy. It does. Um, I don't need a lot of stuff. I have okay. uh, what I, ha I I have a lot of gear right now, and honestly, there's a lot of it that I don't use. Um, it's stuff that I've kind of like used at one point, but outgrew. Um, you know, I'm just I'm just always on that hunt for like the new sound. Okay. You know, and, and it's just exciting to me. Okay. So it's exciting. We, we know that when life gets overwhelming and out of control, that it's exciting to purchase something, usually around $120 to $500, right? And it's usually mm -hmm. music-based. Okay. So one of the beliefs that I'm hearing in there, well, if you had to guess there was a belief, you actually kind of already said it. So you're just, you're way too, um, way too giving with your example, <laughs> but you, <laughs> you already said a specific belief in there. Do you remember what it was? Um, that it's like almost like a stress relief. It actually started with the word I, and the next word was deserve. Deserve it. Yeah. 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 I don't even know if you heard that in there while you were talking, but that was actually mm -hmm. one of the subconscious underlying beliefs that life got out of control. It was stressful. I deserve a break. I deserve. I don't even know what you said after the word I deserve because I just heard deserve. <laughs> so there is this underlying belief, not only that you deserve something, but that that thing that that impulse by will help to make life less out of control. Mm -hmm. Okay. Every time. Now we're going to work on D for a second. Okay. In the interest of time. Last time you went and did that, did it 
help wife be less out of control? Uh, for a moment, um, mm -hmm. because I was on that high of like, Hey, I got this new guitar pedal or whatever it might mm -hmm. be. And I was excited, but, uh, ultimately I came home and had to explain to my wife that I just spent $200 on a thing that I hit my foot with. Mm -hmm. Um, and that just caused more stress because she didn't understand. She was upset about it. And it obviously, uh, caused our money to be tighter that mm -hmm. month. Mm -hmm. Um, and we weren't able to, you know, we just had to keep dealing with these, these damn credit cards. Mm -hmm. Okay. So it actually perpetuated the cycle for you. It created mm -hmm. a new activating event. So, so now that C did become the activating event, which created another belief, which then created another consequence for you. Is that correct? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. So one of the things that we would do is help you understand that your you do deserve something so we're gonna have to reframe your belief what is it that you deserve though i think that i just deserve to feel like i have uh some peace from time to time peace. you know and, and not just have like this pressure or not have the pressure like on me all the time but like just allow me to feel like you know I don't have to feel so heavy, you know? Yes. yes. Okay. So the original belief was I deserve this thing and it will make things better. The new belief is I deserve peace. Will this thing bring that for you? Probably not. You in already the, know the, it in, won't. In the big picture. Yeah. I mean, like for a second, but in the big picture, no, no, it actually, it actually probably causes more issues. To be yeah. with you. And, it, and I would actually push back a little bit and say, I don't know that you didn't describe that. It felt like peace. You described that it felt like euphoria and that's different than peace. You know, you said mm -hmm. that there was like a little bit of a high, like, a, like a, you know, yes, I, I was able to get this. You enjoyed it for a little bit. Uh, it, it wasn't necessarily peace though. It was something that led to more havoc <laughs> on, on your relationship right. and on, and your money situation in general. And so you start to ask yourself, what will bring peace? What, cause right now this thing isn't. And, and so like, if you go to back to the activating event, like what's going to bring that peace for you? Maybe it is, if you get this new belief, our new belief is that you are now um, deserving of peace and something else is going to bring it. What will bring that peace? I feel like in order for me to experience like true peace, um, it would be for me to be able to just like live a home life that uh, doesn't feel like I have to be so under the gun uh, with my finances all the time and, and feel like I have to like walk on eggshells around my, my wife, you mm -hmm. know, like when I buy these things, like, yeah, it makes me feel good, but I know that the second that I come home that, you know, I don't feel good uh, because then that new toy causes a rift in our relationship. 
and that does not bring me peace. Um, so I, I feel like the piece of it would be for me to just be able to really fall in line with like my relationship with my wife mm -hmm. um, and really like nurture that relationship. And through doing that, that would also nurture my relationship with my children too, uh, because I'm giving them a, a more stable future, you know, and, and being a better example for them. Yeah, I really, really love that, that you came to that conclusion with that. If you had, if, if there was a plan for some of these impulses, would that, would that lessen the blow to your relationship when you purchase them? Yeah, I think so. I think that if they're planned and they're intentional and, you know, um, uh, there's conversation mm -hmm. behind it, you know, communication behind it, that I think that that would be fine, you know, because I don't think that like my wife is like, hey, like you can't have any toys, you right. know, you can't enjoy money. I think it really is just when I go overextending on it. Okay. Okay. So, I mean, this obviously isn't something that's going to happen right here in this, in this moment. Uh, but ultimately what we would do moving forward with you, if you were a real client is to help you identify anytime as we shift that belief, it's to remind yourself of here's the reframe. Okay. And then try something else. So that's why I asked in this moment, if you, if you're having a plan for that would help. So then as I'm working with you forward, we would actually work that into your financial plan. We would also work into your planned conversations with your wife about when some of that stuff happens in your household, about feeling that, that pressure that you mentioned, because if she's not aware that you're feeling that pressure, she might not be doing anything to help alleviate that either. Mm -hmm. So over the next several sessions, we would find out what are, how we would just keep revisiting the ABCD. When would, what was the activating event? What was the consequence? And then we would start to shift that. And in shifting those, we're going to shift the consequence, which will ultimately start to reframe that belief for you. Mm -hmm. You see how that's actually going to take a while. Can't do it in one session. Yep. But, and, and I know that we kind of stammered through it a little bit because I had no idea what you were going to say. Um, <laughs> so, and that, but that's how real sessions are, you know, it's just a matter of recognizing what is it that you are trying to get to with the client. So you know what questions to ask. Was that helpful at all? I hope. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I definitely think it was. Um, and I think that's, you know, I think that uh, the impulse buying, um, I think that that is something that a lot of people struggle with. Mm -hmm. Uh and I know that a lot of my clients uh, deal with that, you know, mm -hmm. and I think that, you know, for anyone who might be listening, they probably were listening to that example and they were thinking of someone in particular, you know, yeah. like one of their clients in particular. And I think that, that you could listen to this conversation and, you know, replay it a couple times and just like dissect those letters, like what the A is, what the B is, what the C is, what the D is and what the E is. And just go run with it and try it on your own. Mm -hmm. um, because that was a made up situation. I do love music. Um, I don't have an issue with, with impulse buying uh, and, you know, with, especially with like music gear. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't feel like I walk on eggshells with my wife, but. He has to throw that, that in there. You guys, she's a listener. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm totally kidding. Shannon. <laughs> 
But even with that being said, like that being a made up situation on my end, I could, I could feel like this internal change within me and it wasn't even my situation. Hmm. So I can only imagine like if it was my situation, how much more impactful that would feel. So I'm just saying uh, being on the receiving side of things that this exercise is actually very powerful. Awesome. I'm glad that it felt that way for you. And we're not going to get into this today because we're, we've run out of time. However, I think at some point it would be a really good idea to discuss how to actually plan for impulse buying. And I know that sounds so counterintuitive, but if you realize that that's something that is an issue for you, then let's not, let's not go against the green. Like let, let's actually just work it in, right? Don't, don't resist it. Cause a lot of times, unless you roll with resistance, that's what is going to happen. You're just going to do the thing that you can't. And a lot of times people who truly are having trouble with impulse buying, it's just a natural reflex reaction to being very, very rigid. Does that make mm -hmm. sense? So some other yep. time we will unpack some of that and, and maybe some acceptable ways to help your client work in some impulse buying. All right, you guys, thank you so much for tuning in today. This has been just a really uh, off the cuff conversation and I love being put on the spot. <laughs> I hope that you hope that you got some value from it just like Cody did and, and I did as well because it's always good to sharpen those skills. Anything else that you have for them today, Cody? No, just practice your ABCs. Ah, there you go. And we won't make yeah. we won't make Cody sing. We'll save all of you that, that trouble. There we go. <laughs> you guys, thanks so much for tuning in this week. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Financial Coaches Podcast, brought to you by New Money Habits and Sizemore Financial Coaching. Submit your questions to our host by emailing podcast at newmoneyhabits.com. Be sure to subscribe to be notified of future episodes and join our growing group of like-minded coaches on Facebook. And until next time, happy coaching. Music provided by Summer School.